Blog Talk Radio. This is Marcia Nelson and the New Feminine Wealth. Thank you so much for joining us today. The New Feminine Wealth is the radio show where we talk about all the issues that are part of what women consider to be wealth. We're defining wealth anew for ourselves these days, and I want you to be able to call in, talk with us, and tell us what is the meaning of wealth to you. Today we're going to talk about money. Sometimes we talk about inner peace, well-being, living your passion, finding meaning in your life, creating life balance. But today we're going to talk about money and how women can be more comfortable with it. It's interesting that I have noticed women are find it very easy to talk about money problems and stresses, and yet that's not quite talking about how to be more comfortable with money. Yet if you scratch the surface, most women have a feeling of unease about money or a feeling of being conflicted. Maybe you notice that in yourself. Maybe you like having money, and yet you have guilt about having money. Maybe you feel that you can use your money in a way that's empowering for yourself and empowering for others, and yet you're afraid that if people think you have too much money or they, you're, you're giving money to charities but you're not being generous with people in your own life or a million things, women get judged for having money and how they use it. We want, and by we I mean my guest, who I'm going to introduce in a moment, who has some real insight and some tips and skills to give to you, we want you to feel really comfortable with money. We want you to feel like, yeah, money is lovely, money is good, I can be empowered with money. I'm not going to be judged, or if I am judged, I'm going to stay centered in myself and confident, and I'm going to remain feeling empowered in my life. So with that, I would like to introduce Jen August. Jen August has been helping women become comfortable with money for many years, She is a hypnotherapist, and she works in a way that I consider brilliant. Uh, She'll tell us how she does that, and she'll give us some examples to work with. If you call in, Jen will spend a few minutes working with you. Uh, You can also email, not email, um, Twitter. Go ahead and tweet your questions, if you like, if you don't want to call in, uh, use the hashtag NFW Radio. That stands for New Feminine Wealth Radio. NFW Radio is the hashtag on Twitter. And the phone number is 347-215-6138. 347-215-6138. And if you're on Facebook, you can... Post a question on Sylvia Global Facebook. Jen August, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, So awesome to be here. So wonderful to be here. So do you relate to what I'm saying? Do you see this in in women where there's a conflict um, and where there's a lot of conversation about money that doesn't quite get women to an empowered place with it? Absolutely, and and it show. I mean, there's a core issue that shows up in someone either not allowing themselves to have enough, or someone having a lot and not being comfortable with it. You know, and there's there's really just an overlapping, a core piece that everybody has, whether they're manifesting not enough or um, you know a lot. And so, isn't that interesting? Because yep. 
So often, women who don't have enough money assume that women who have plenty of money do not share their issues whatsoever. And on the other side of it, women who have a lot of money have trouble bridging and connecting with women who don't from a place of understanding, hey, we really share a core issue, as you've just said. Absolutely, yeah. And what is that core issue? Well, the core issue really comes from what I call the original heartbreak. Um, And there is a moment in each of our lives Um, and it happens really, really young, um, where we get the message that it's not safe to be who we are. And this imprint is created in the subconscious mind, which controls 80% of what we think, feel, and do. So I'll give you an example of two completely opposite clients um, that I I worked with. One one client um, inherited money, multi-multi-millionaire, also very, very successful in her own right. Um, But her original heartbreak was connected to the feeling that um, it doesn't matter how she performed, um, money was just there, so there's no way for her to express her worthiness. Wow. And then on the flip side, I had a client who... um, uh, her original heartbreak was connected to not feeling worthy of, of having money. So um, she would work really, 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 really hard and, and wouldn't allow money in because there was a belief that she actually didn't deserve it, So, which came from the original heartbreak of not feeling safe being who they are. Now that's a really bedrock issue. If we feel yes. not safe to be who we really are, Anything that we get that is a form of empowerment or power, whether we, it's something we enjoy and know how to embrace or not, is actually kind of a threat. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. The, our system is set up um, that whenever the original, when the original heartbreak happens, and we can have several little heartbreaks that happen, but the original one says, this is how the world is and who you are needs to be altered in a way to be safe. So this part of us splits off and becomes our um, our inner critic. And what the inner critic is saying, look, I saw you get hurt being yourself, so these are the things that you have to really alter to to be safe. Um, and, you know, the subconscious mind's job is to keep us safe, not necessarily to keep us happy and successful because it doesn't actually know that yet. It hasn't gotten the update or the upgrade. So its job is to love us by keeping us hidden and small, whether it's with tons of money or no money. Well, you know, you said something there that really made sense to me. You said that the subconscious mind is to keep us safe, not necessarily to keep us happy and successful. Very often when people are happy or are successful, they become targets. People get jealous, they, or maybe they're just uncomfortable because, hey, this person is happy or this person is, a, is successful and I'm not and I wish I was and I feel really uncomfortable. And so then we judge, we judge that happy, successful person or there's the impulse to shoot them down or to minimize their, their, their accomplishments. Is that, am I getting that correct that that's part of what, it's actually a real concern that it's part of what often makes women become targets to others when they become very successful or if they just become very happy-go-lucky. Well, and if you look at it, if you look at the t- let's say there's two women, one that's really successful um, and, and she might be feeling the, the backlash of her success and one woman that's jealous of that woman. Um, So you could see the imprints and the negative imprints are in motion if the woman that's really successful um, is um, turning her light down or doing things subconsciously to be less successful to stay in rapport with the people in her life. Um, So what what that means is that um, it's one thing to be successful and know in reality, there's always going to be people that are jealous. But when I work with clients, when they're starting to step up financially, part of it is we have a tribal agreement to make a certain amount of money based on um, the imprints and people we grew up with. So we have a cultural and family agreement that this is how much we make. And that's also an imprint. So when when any of us chooses 
to go for something outside of our tribal agreement, which it could have been family or, you know, whatever, friends or whatever, um, our subconscious mind says, whoa, you're going to lose everybody and everything just for money. Why would you do that? So um, so what happens is that a lot of times women will will either – um, make sure they, they're they not as successful or they'll manifest a way that other people can relate to them, like they'll they'll have a health challenge or something to say, look, I'm I'm suffering too in, in another way. You know, and that's how we try to stay in rapport. Now someone who isn't making a lot of money, um, it, it, and sometimes, the, like I had a, a client who, who if she, her only connection she had was with her mother was that her mother would give her money when she needed help. But she subconsciously didn't realize that if she made more money, she would lose her only rapport connection. So a lot of times there's a fear of losing the tribe. And when I work with people, it's about um, creating that the, the ability to connect with new tribe, which is someone who will celebrate your success or, you know, um, however that looks. Often we do have to leave our own tribe. We can still stay connected to the things that benefit us, but... Um, Often we need to create new connections so that we are around people that do celebrate our success. And if we haven't learned how to make those connections to a new tribe, meaning not just new people, but people who have a different set of values and expectations for us that are very supportive, that celebrate our success, that are interested in us attaining our full potential and living with our light on full bright, if we... If we don't know how to make those connections, those people just don't seem to be in our world, or we don't even know that that's what we need to do, then consciously it can be life-threatening to lose our old tribe, can't it? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, yes, it it can feel, and maybe in some circumstances be life-threatening. And and the reality of it is this, it's like... um, we um, we cannot bring into our world what we don't have um, in our own inner world. And actually, um, I've shared with you, Marcia, that I'm a songwriter, and I just wrote a lyric that I think speaks completely to this, and it's, the world is a mirror of my love or my fear, whatever I choose to see. Um, so ultimately, we cannot be in rapport with anybody um, in a new way until we're in rapport in a new way with ourselves. So that's why the, the internal work is so important. Um, and it's it's about creating a rapport with self that says self, you know, on a conscious and subconscious level. Um, I know I'm here to have more. Um, I am um, allowing myself to love myself into my successful place, even if I lose some people doing that, because that is part of my path. And I find with the people that I work with, it's it's not just about making money and being successful. It's about being of service. And when you're here to be, uh, give on a big level, level, it's part of your path to learn how to receive on a big level. And that could be financially and spiritually and ro- you know romantically or whatever. And just in terms of if you're already financially secure, it can be in terms of um, finding people who will really, really support you, even if and and um, believe in you and be kind to you and not attack you, even if you have never known that kind of relationship before. Well, absolutely, and, and I've worked with a lot of people who are on paper financially secure but never feel secure around their money. So it's really about creating a present-time relationship with money. And here's the, the fascinating thing that I've learned in my um, in my work with people is that everybody has a natural money energy within them that came in with them to serve them um, in their work on the planet. Now, I've worked with people who are multi-multi-multi-millionaires and still feel like they have nothing. Because the money doesn't bring them the feeling of security. So we had to clear whatever was stopping them from feeling the abundance that they have and being able to create a relationship with money that um, that feels powerful and feels good and feels grounding. Because ultimately, it's beyond the money that they uh, what they want. The money is a symbol of something, but it symbolizes what they really want, which might be, you know, um, a feeling of, of of being seen, being loved, security, um, um, loving themselves. You know, we owe, we want money because the feelings that money will give us, not necessarily the, 
you know, the green or the gold or the, you know, the silver. Um, so, you know, when I work with people who, you know, are very financially, you know, set for life in the sense of the numbers and the, and in their bank account, a lot of times what we're working on is, you know, it maybe if they inherited it, clearing the guilt of having it so they can enjoy it. Maybe if they made the money, clearing the guilt of making more money than their tribe. Um, you know, if they're... Um, uh, sometimes they have guilt that they're not giving enough money. So it's like I, I say to everybody, whether you're making a lot of money or a little money, you know, we're working exactly what we need to work based on what we're here to learn on this planet. You know, mm-hmm. so 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 to believe that having a lot of money is going to solve everything is uh, is a myth. Well, you know, you're so right when you say that money is a symbol. Money can take care of practical needs for ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, it really is a symbol, I think. I, I think maybe exclusively a symbol. And in our culture here in the U.S., we've certainly been taught to just assume that money will solve a lot of problems. In short, that in wherever our distress is, money will make us happy. It will relieve that distress and make us happy. And we're a culture of people who have found that, or at least the achievers have found, have found that once they get that money, it does not bring the happiness they thought it would. It might bring many pleasures, but that core happiness that they were trying to reach doesn't happen, so then they set a new goal, and then a new goal, and a new goal. And it's it's that mirage that keeps moving forward the closer you get to it. And I think that is part of the conflict that people feel because money is both promising and infinitely disappointing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I, I, I actually wrote down, your song lyric and I want to I want to read it to people again they might want to write it down too I thought this was um so beautiful I mean and, and just so true in a, you captured a lot in a nutshell here the world and tell me if I wrote it correctly the world is a mirror of my love or fear or the the world is a mirror of my love or my fear whatever I choose to see there it is that's perfect hey yeah. uh, Say a smidge more about that. Um, There's a bit of conversation and understanding going around um, that we're starting to get that what the eyes we're looking with determine what we see in the world. And what we put our our mental attention to seems to be what grows in our life. If we're happy and we keep um, being interested in happy people or in happy circumstances or in choosing things that make us happy, we tend to be more happy. And But if we're ruminating in our um, losses or our sadness or our frustrations in life or our feelings of being unloved, those things seem to keep repeating and repeating. So, you know, we're sort of started to catch on to that, but I have a feeling you have a piece that I haven't included in that that your lyric refers to. So what can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, the, 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 the best thing I can do to, to explain it is just my own personal experience because I definitely – um, you know, many, many years ago when my business was struggling and I just had this urge to serve, but I just, you know, was like money resistant. I couldn't attract money to save my life, literally. I mean, I was living off my credit cards. I was, you know, just struggling and in, in, in poverty. And um, and my path really led me to, uh, I just knew that one part of me, was just my un what I called my unstoppable self. This part of me was like, no, you're here to serve, you're here to be very abundant and, you know, don't give up. And another part of me was just like, I, you know, I'm worthless. I have nothing to offer. Why am I even trying? And I, I could I could see that there were two very different parts of me constantly in conflict. So what I was seeing out in the world coming at me were, you know, people that were validating me, people that were invalidating me. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't trusting myself, so I was manifesting people who I didn't trust. Um, just 
you know, it was, it was a giant mirror, and I remember kind of being on my knees one morning, waking up to another day of how am I going to pay for just my basic living expenses, and I remember throwing my hands in the air and saying, help, you know, like, I, you know, I have no idea, I need help, just please, just, you know, I know I'm here to serve, bless me into service, whatever needs to happen, please, you know, bring bring it. And then I ended up going to a, a friend's um, book signing party, which, you know, it's really, for me, it was really hard to go celebrate someone when I just felt like I had nothing going on in my life, you know, but I, I put on my big girl panties and went, you know, just like, you know, I don't want to be the kind of person that can't celebrate other people's success. So I forced myself to go and I met this, um, I met this amazing man at this event um, named Alan. I remember asked him what he did for a living, and he said, I help people edit the movie in their minds to have a happy ending. And I ended up signing up for, you know, to work with this guy. I had no idea what he did, and he was a hypnotherapist. And um, just to give you a little background, I was raised by a therapist. So a, a stomach ache was never just a stomach ache. I was deep into the conversation of, I wonder why I feel this way. There was no lack of, of insight about why I was struggling so much. <laughs> Um, <laughs> laughing, but that's it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, that a stomach ache is never a stomach ache. Yeah, yeah. People grew up in a household where people didn't process at all. No, we overprocessed. We are the TMI information. If you, you know, family, if you come for Thanksgiving, you're like, whoa, did they just share that? You know. Um, <laughs> so I worked with this hypnotherapist, and um, in a very short time. Um, my income tripled. I felt amazing about myself. I got into a very loving relationship, and I was like, the core of the core is that I felt good about myself for the first time in my whole entire life. And I was just like, whoa, whatever this is is a blessing, and I need to bring this to other people. So I decided to become a hypnotherapist and focus um, on women and and their money issues and their challenges around allowing in success and really helping women open up their receiving channels to abundance in whatever form it comes in and and really allowing it to be a financial um, way to receive as well. Hmm. You know, um, there's a a question here from someone, and I want to read it to you because it, uh, I think, well, before I read it, let me just say this. I think what you're, one of the things you're saying is, Helping women get comfortable with money, period, has a lot to do with just increasing their well-being throughout their life. It's never really just about the money, is it? No. Well, because the um, the old English word uh, wealth is wheel, um, which is um, well-being, and th, which is the condition. So that wealth is really the condition of well-being. Uh, and we we've kind of glued onto it that equals money, but you know um, I've gotten to hang out with and interview the most successful people, you know like Jack Canfield and Sandra Yancey, and and really um, these are these are not people that these are people that um, abundance is part of their wealth, financial, but it's just a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the connectedness to life in different ways that creates that all the spokes on the wheel of of what wealth actually is. Yeah. And and really ultimately Marsha, I see that the, the the core of wealth and the core of the work I work work I do with people is I believe everybody was born a Ferrari. Everybody was built for speed, built for success, built for service. Everybody was made perfectly for their mission even if they were born with no arms and no legs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we sure. were born perfect for our mission. And what I do is I help clear off the windshield of you know that has the the mud on it, which is all the programming, and help program the GPS so it's really their mission and their life that's guiding them, and not the belief systems or the programming or the old concepts of who they're supposed to be to to survive. It's clearing it so that they can thrive, um, because it, that's what we're here to be, do, and have. But the reality of it and the secret that makes me so happy to share is that everything that we've been through, um, the equal and opposite of that struggle is the, the prosperity and the, the joy and the teaching that we can bring to people. So there's not a wasted, painful moment. Everything we've struggled with, I call it turning your blocks into gold, Everything we struggle with is here is what we're here to to teach and share, even if we're still exactly in the struggle of it. Um, uh, and that's 
a beautiful gift once we discover that our suffering is really our service. And we don't have to stay in the suffering to be in the service. And as we begin to teach and support people in overcoming similar things, um, there's a natural form of healing. But I found that the accelerated version of that is getting your subconscious mind. The relationship, um, our, our relationship with ourselves is the number one priority to being able to be of service to other people. When we can fully show up for ourselves and love ourselves, then we can really begin to be in service to others. Um, and then it really flows. And that's, to me, that's the core of abundance is self-love, self-value. Um, and when we value ourselves, the world is a giant mirror of that self-love and self-value. That doesn't mean we don't have challenges because we're here to keep growing. So <laughs> we didn't sign up for what people call a rest life. Like, oh, this is a life I'm just wealthy and I sit on the beach. It just, you know... Um, maybe some people are doing that, but uh, I would guess that, that they're not doing that for long because then they have another opportunity to grow as a person. Right. Even resting on the beach, pe- people are doing a lot of that. They have they have challenges in their lives they have to deal with. And it's knowing that I agree with you. Self-love is the core. And I believe we are love. That's the cells and tissues in our body are made of love, and that's why... Being in a state of self-love is so empowering. We then are, we match what we're made of. We're aligned with what and who we are at the essence level. And it's not a thought process, I love myself because I'm good or I give to others or this or that. It's just a state of being that doesn't require any justification or, or maintenance in the sense of, we can keep whenever we come back there. It's there. It's self-sustaining, and we mm-hmm. may leave it. But it's always there for us to come back to. Exactly. Now, in that, in what you were just saying about self-love and the, the relationship with self, I did not hear you say we the way to have self-love or or the way to be who we're really supposed to be is that we're always supposed to put other others' needs before ours. Because I see a lot of people who do that. And what they get is tired, really tired. And feel alone or they, at some point, they resent, people aren't here for me. Oh, right, I shouldn't feel that way. I must give more to others. And I, I believe that that is, in fact, a dynamic that creates a lot of the illness that women have because it wears the system down and it gives futility. Absolutely. I've worked with several women who have had very advanced cancer, um, and we identified that the core of the core was something I call auto-give, is the programming that you have to give your, you know, give yourself away to get love. Um, and I, I came up with this concept that I teach, and especially with these cancer clients, um, it was really powerful to watch them start creating what I call being self-central, meaning you know, you didn't come to Earth with a map that says these are all the people and things you must get your love and energy from. That we um, we must uh, create that rapport with self that says I have nothing to give if I am not giving to myself. And if we're here to serve people, um, we are one of the people we came here to serve. So self-central is the concept of, um, I call it almost like the new selfishness because we've been taught that selfish is bad but one of my spiritual teachers told me there's there's selfishness meaning someone's just taking but there's self is where you take off the the age part self is meaning to be in service to others i must make sure that i am in service to myself and i can uh, instead of giving the core energy away and running into exhaustion um um feeding our core energy so we have an overflow of energy to give and share with people, um, which makes us able to serve ourselves and serve people, you know, in the long term, and also being an example of really showing up for yourself. I have a concept called treating yourself like a VIP client. Um, mm-hmm. If we if we do not treat ourselves very very well as a gift to ourselves and to the world that we are, we really cannot serve for very long. And you're absolutely right; it creates all kinds of illness because 
um, I take people through this exercise where uh, I have them take a look at their giving meter and their receiving meter. So if people are looking at how much they're giving on a percentage level on a daily basis of their energy and how much they're getting back, most women find that their giving meter might be like 100 or 200 and the receiving meter might be like, you know, a way smaller percentage. So when I work with people, it's about really aligning and having that giving and receiving meter be as balanced as possible. So, you know, the energy system is balanced, as balanced as it can be, um, so that it doesn't create that exhaustion and resentment that, you know, makes everything kind of terrible and unbearable anyway. Right. The most debilitating thing you can do to somebody is to convince them that their needs don't matter. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the lack of respect for female, for girls and women that has um, been prevalent in our culture for hundreds, if not thousands of years, I don't know how far back, that's changing now, you know, mm-hmm. just in my lifetime. You know, and women started out kind of fighting for it, you know, the early feminist days, and I think that got misinterpreted as irrational anger, but it was that, no, we matter. Our needs matter. You can't any longer hypnotize us into thinking our needs don't matter. That might make compliant people, but it doesn't make happy, healthy people. It doesn't make for a strong culture. And now that movement, uh, the feminist movement, has that's all it's based on is equality for everybody, which means that women's and girls' needs matter as much as uh, males. And it's a it's a an impulse toward wholeness for the culture. So we as women really have a responsibility to get in touch with what our needs are and to pursue the fulfillment of those desires and those needs for the betterment of everyone. If we are forever putting others' needs before ourselves, we hobble that evolution for our culture. And we individually pay a price for it. And our our children and the people who look to us as models pay a price for it. So what you said just just made me me see that there's there are ripples that go out in a big way from what you were just mm-hmm. talking about, about selfishness versus mm-hmm. new and empowering self isness. Yeah. It's a really, really important distinction. Well, it is, and you know, I can I can only tell people my own journey and 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 not tell them what to do. But I know in my own experience, um, when I was in that very you know give 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 please love me place, um, you know, before I really did the subconscious work to clear that and start looping my love energy back to myself and starting to feel worthy of my own love, I discovered that. Um, not only had I been programmed to give my love, time, love, and energy away so that I might hope, hope, hope to get love back, but it was also a way that I hid from myself and hid from my power. Um, and um, and I often, you know, when I work with people, we're really clearing whatever belief they have that would keep them from seeing and loving themselves and also the the impulse to help other people um, in a way that isn't balanced because our, and I'll give you an example of a, an extreme case of auto-give, Marcia. Um, I had a client who she she hired me to help her get her businesses started and on, on further look um, in her life, she had bought two houses, one for a brother and one for a sister. Mm. And they were supposed to pay rent, but they stopped paying rent years ago. And she just couldn't figure out why she didn't have the money to grow her businesses. So, And she was so in auto-give and in taking care of her brother and sister that she couldn't even see it. So what we did was, um, in, in hypnosis, we cleared the belief system that she needed to take care of these grown people. Um, and we also cleared the terror that she would lose them if she didn't take care of them. Um, and so we went through this process, and of course... Then she was ready to let them know, you can either buy these places or I'm selling them. So what happened was, of course, you know, we had to keep clearing that fear that she would lose them. And in some cases, you might lose someone if you stop giving them all your time, love, and energy. But, you you know, it's not a sustainable uh, relationship. So what happened to her was um, about three or four months later, I think it was four months later, 
both her siblings called her and said, thank you for, for, for not paying for us anymore. They both got jobs. They both rented their own apartments. And within six months of that, we were able to get two of her businesses up going and um, creating cash flow like crazy because her life force energy was now going into a, a, a form of service that was reciprocal and actually beneficial because when we put our when we take care of people without it being an equal energy exchange um we actually disable them it's like the wrong gas in their gas tank um and you know there are all forms of different kinds of equal energy exchange relationships but for her she didn't lose her brother and sister in fact she empowered them what she meant to do but she was doing it in a way that was hurting all of them but now they're doing great she's doing great her two businesses are growing um and you know auto give is now gone it's now it's turned into self central and giving from the overflow so auto give really disempowers everybody ourselves and the others we are auto giving to absolutely and it it doesn't last long before the resentment kicks in yes well and you know and i understand it's really hard to shift gears because of what you just said, there's the, there is that woman had the fear that she would lose those relationship with family members. That's a very real fear. I certainly empathize with anybody who's caught in that dilemma. It goes mm-hmm. back to what you were saying earlier about that that fear of losing our tribe it can feel life threatening. But you know, I've been through that in my own life where I had to stop the auto give and withdraw that kind of energy, and I I did lose relationship with family members and it's it, it's and it it, it caught, I felt so much grief you know almost the same grief as when people I've loved have died and yet what also happened on the other side of it was other parts of my life took off there was yes. you know something that opened up in my business mm-hmm. that never would have because my energy wouldn't have been there for it and I'm a believer that, in just exactly what you said, that we have to be really true to ourselves, and 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 discern the difference between genuine giving, because it's a natural extension of our being full within ourselves, and auto give, which is very depleting and really manipulative. And it's true. Just real quick, I, I want to do a couple of things. One is what I'm going to let people know how to to reach us on this call and reach you. But when, then I want to ask you for how just real simple tips or a tip how people can tell the difference because we women don't always know the difference. In fact, I would say most women don't really know the difference between what's a genuine I'm full. I'm full of you know my cup is full and my giving is that cup spilling over into the saucer for others versus my cup has a hole in it and it's just leaking out, That which is, I think, the auto gift. So think about that. I'm, and what I want to do is let people know how to reach us. And uh, some people may have joined us uh, mid-conversation. So just as a reminder, I'm Marcia Nelson. This is the New Feminine Wealth radio show. And my guest today is Jen August, who is a rock star hypnotherapist, just amazing. And you can call in with a question for her, and she can possibly just solve an issue for you right here and now. And that phone number is 347-215-6138. 347-215-6138. Or you can tweet the question, and we will get it, within moments and the hashtag is NFW Radio. So tweet your question and put the hashtag sign and then NFW Radio for New Feminine Wealth Radio. And you can go to if you're on Facebook, uh go to the Sylvia Global Facebook page and post your question there and we will also get that within minutes. So you have options. And I still have a question that has come in and that I will read in a moment and take us to our next part of the conversation. Um, but, Jen, oh, Jen, how uh, can people reach you? JenAugust.com? Yes, they can go to JenAugust.com. Um, 
and there's lots of uh, conversations going on um, at WealthyMindWarrior.com, which is a teleconference on on wealth mindset and, and steps, um, which is really ideal for you know business women wanting to grow their business, um, and for those who are you know in a place where they're they're financially abundant and they really want to get more one-on-one support, that you can also check out jenaugust.com as well. Um, and we need and to tell people that you spell Jen with two N's. It's J-E-N-N. I do, but I bought both URLs. <laughs> so spell away, whichever you feel inspired. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Jen with two N's. Yeah. Good. I also will mention people can find me on my website, Marsha Nelson, and my Marsha spelled a little differently. It's M-A-R-T-I-A, but... Just like you, <laughs> I got they can they can they can go to M A R S H A just like it sounds, Nelson N E L S O N dot com. Beautiful. Um so uh so Jen August and August is just like the month, spelled like the month. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um wealthymindwarrior.com, dot com. All right. So what do you think about my little question there, the tips for people to tell the difference between auto-give and genuine give? Well, I will give everybody an assignment if they choose to take it, and that is to create a sheet that I would call energy gains and energy drains. That means you take a piece of paper, you fold it in half, on one side you put energy gains, and on the other side you put energy drains, and you go through about you know, two weeks of of your life, maybe a month, and you keep track of everything that sucks your energy and everything that gives you energy. And the ideal is that there's things in your life that are balanced. Like, for example, my best friend. Sometimes I'm a mess and I need to talk to my best friend and she needs to just cheer me up and give me support. And sometimes she's a mess and it's, you know, it's an equal energy exchange. Um, And so um, you know that you're coming from a full place when you make sure before you are in a relationship with people or or um you know or you know if you're you know in a romantic relationship you want to make sure that you are making sure you're showing up for yourself and there's a there's a balanced way in which you are giving to yourself um because when we are used to getting all of our nourishment outside it's a very exhausting so you know that you are self-nourished and self-nourishing when you feel in your relationships that you you know you have a lot to give and a lot to um um bring to people in your world so it's that concept of i am love so my job is to go out and love um, but you can't just go out and, and, and just give all this love when there's no balanced reciprocation. And it could look a, a bunch of different ways. Like if you have, um, say that you, you know, um, you, you want to donate um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to an to a organization um, and you're in that position where you can, part of the equal energy exchange is making sure that it's a really good connection with this organization and you feel seen, loved, and heard and they see feel seen, loved, and heard. On the flip side, let's say you're wanting to get clients um, and you're bringing clients into your business that it feels like it's very balanced. They respect your time and your boundaries. And, you know, so it's it's really taking a look at, am I exhausted from hanging out with this person because um, it's a drain or it's part of our relationship where right now I'm supporting them and the next time I call they're going to support me. So the most important thing that you want to ask yourself is, Am I giving myself my own love first before I am trying to get people to give me love? Am I available and and feeling worthy and allowing myself to have my own love? Because if you allow yourself to have your own love, then you're starting from a place of fullness instead of feeling that you have to be filled up. And if you watch any romantic comedy or listen to any love song on the radio, it's all about... I need you, I'm nothing without you. So we have a lot of programming that um, unto ourselves, we are not a sovereign nation and we must go out and get. But when you really move from the place of, I call it moving at the speed of love, where you're like, I am love, like you were saying, Marsha, I am abundance. And from this place, I'm going to attract people that um, see, you know see that is true and, and I see that is true in them. So being out in the world and seeing people as love, people as abundance, and creating those equal energy exchanges um, in business and in life and in relationships. Now, so I, I can hear some people saying, well, what if you have kids? How do you do an equal energy exchange when you're supposed yeah. to take care of them, right? <laughs> well, an equal energy exchange with a child is, 
you know, I'm here to care for you, but you can't, you know, be disrespectful to me, you know, or if you are, there are consequences, you know, or, or, you know, it's, it's about um, teaching them to be a good energetic citizen in your household, you know, um, and it's easy for me to say because I don't have kids, okay, so I'm not an expert at the equal energy exchange of, of children. I've just worked with a lot of women, <clears throat> wealthy women who have kids and um, entrepreneurs that have kids and wealthy women entrepreneurs that have kids, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, and, and help them get into a place of abundance balance with their children while they're pursuing their gifts because there's a lot of guilt connected to, you know, um, pursuing success and having children for women. Yeah. So So energy gains and energy drains is their – assignment if they want to pursue this understanding or being able learning to tell when are they giving from a really genuine place of fullness in themselves and when are they giving because they've got a leak well this is this is actually this is the uh, thank you for reminding me the back side of the paper is when you don't know for sure Mm. so you can say don't know and then you want to write what you did and then and down the middle of the paper how it felt in the moment and then how it felt later so this is a little analysis, actually. It absolutely is, because you can feel great in the moment giving, but then if it's not an equal energy exchange relationship or they didn't do their part to give back to you, then it's going to feel terrible. See, the thing, Marcia, is we know. We know when something's out of balance, but sometimes we don't want to let go of something that we're getting. Mm-hmm. So in, in a lot of ways, it's like... <clears throat> That fear, it's like someone not wanting to leave a love relationship because they're not, they're afraid that someone will never love them again. Yeah. As opposed to what I deserve is this, 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 this. What I'm willing to give is this, 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 this. And if this doesn't feel balanced, then this is not honoring me. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't come back, the energy exchange doesn't come back from that particular person or with children. Those things you said are really good and, but it's sometimes you, you, there's things you, you have to get from your women friends, and if you're not getting that kind of support, you can't keep giving out to your kids. So, or, you know, I have some friends, like, I have some friends where when we talk, it's mostly me blathering on and on and on. I mean, they're, they're receptive, they listen, they're supportive. We talk about them. You know, at some point I go, so what about you? Because I realize I've just monopolized 75% of the conversation. And then there are other friends where it's the reverse, where I might do 25% of the talking because for whatever reason in our dynamic, I'm the recept- more the receptive one and they're the talker and, you know, getting help or inspiration. And so it's, it's not that we ha- – but, but overall, it balances. You know, we yes. get it – doesn't, it doesn't have to be this person and it has to be 50-50. It's more or less – the accumulative of your friendships or your situations or whatever you're looking at. Is that right? Something like oh, that? absolutely. And I'll share something very vulnerable. Before I figured this out um, and before I really did that work on me to feel valuable, I leaned on people really hard, and one of them was my best friend. And I, 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 it was not an equal energy exchange. I was calling her because I needed help and I needed to be seen and I needed to be loved, and I wasn't giving back. So she broke up with me. <laughs> Like, we were best friends and for years, and she's like, I can't do this. And it was such a gift for her to say no. Because then I had to look at it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, I mean, and, and how many conversations have I not asked her about myself? And this was, you know, probably six or seven years ago before I really understand, oh, my God. Like, I was – and when we're in pain and when we have these, these blocks and these fears and these doubts, it can come off as very selfish because we're so in pain that we forget to serve the people around us, yeah. you know. Um, so for me, that was a big wake-up call. And then I had, I, that's when I really learned about the equal energy exchange and did all this work on myself. And then eventually we had a what I call a renaissance. <laughs> where we, you know, we got reconnected and she wasn't in a place in her life where she could actually just straight out say, this is not balanced. She just had to cut it off. Sometimes we have to do that. And I wasn't in a place to, that I could see that it wasn't balanced. And when we got back together as, you know, as best friends, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I saw this and this and that. I didn't realize this. And um, And she's like, I'm sorry I didn't communicate my needs. And now we have such a balanced relationship. Um 
you know, but it takes time, love, and energy to be able to kind of, you know, reconnect. And I always say, if someone's sucking your energy and they're not open to the conversation of how we can do this differently, I call it friend shui. Sometimes you just got to let someone go because they're toxic. But what if this person is your significant other? Or what if this person is your, your mom or your, you know, people in your world? And the reality of it is I say, pre-forgive everybody, okay? Know that they're doing the best they can. Set your boundaries. And if it still doesn't work, then, you know, you need to create distance or ways in which it's balanced for you. Um, and when I work with people in one-on-one hypnosis and, and when they're needing to break off from a tribe member, a family member or a friend or even a significant other or something, I always help them stay connected through something that is positive about that person. So they don't have to lose that person, but they need to choose very um, strategically about what to share with that person. So, for example, even in my family, you know, they thought I was a lunatic for wanting to, like, you know, be a business hypnotherapist and success coach. And, you know, my mom, she just wanted me to be safe. And she's like, why don't you be an x-ray tech or why don't you, you know what I mean? Like, they just, sometimes they're afraid and they just love you. So I don't tell my family what I'm doing until it's been wildly successful. Just because I don't want them to worry. <laughs> yeah. That's a, so, that's a really good idea. Some people just worry. They don't want to shoot you down, but they want you to be safe. So it's really looking at your relationships and saying, you know, um, and with, with women entrepreneurs, I sometimes say, you know, some of your friends, maybe they're not, you don't sway them or just get rid of them. Um, some of them might actually be great clients or some of them you might have to just create really clear boundaries and say, if the negativity or the judgment or shooting me down for my dreams doesn't change, then, um, and these are conversations people have a hard time doing, but the guy who wrote the four-hour work week, who is, I can't remember his name right now, Tim, Timothy Ferris. He said, our success is directly proportional to the amount of difficult conversations we are willing to have. Mm. So when you look at your time, love, and energy and you say, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, I either have all this financial abundance and I want to do all this great stuff with it or I have this gift I want to share and, and I'm ready to be a, you know, create abundance with it or both, um, it's looking at I am only given a certain amount of minutes and seconds and moments in my life what do I want to do with them? And how am I going to be a stand for them in the most loving and compassionate way? Um, but, you know, we, it's our time, love, and energy. It's our mission. It's, it's, and we want to close our eyes for the last time knowing I lived my life in my most authentic um, self-love version because when we're in self-love, we are a natural magnet to, to serve. Just by being a, a being in self-love, actually um, benefits people around us. Um, and the people that are like, oh, my God, she's so full of herself, they're either clients or they're French way or they're just not your tribe anymore. So it's about having the guts. I think it's one of the most political acts you can do in the world to just love yourself and let yourself be abundant and be abundant and support other people in seeing that in themselves. You know, I want to have another show with you sometime about self-love because you and I both see that it's perhaps the most important core issue. And to me, it is def it's a very definite um, spoke on the wheel of the new feminine wealth, if not oh, the hub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we both have a lot to say. So let's let's move. We will we will promise to address that even more in depth with people in a future show. Sweet. And right now we have about seven minutes left, and I want to go back to money because that's what we. <laughs> that's what we're <laughs> form our conversation grew this way and that way but all of it is linked and i think it fascinating yeah um, it is it's directly it connected is. to money absolutely yeah and so um money because what i see is i keep thinking the whole the more comfortable money, women get across the board with money the uh Better it's going to be for, for for all women, and I mean that in a couple of ways. One is, I think we we need to change this dynamic where it's socially acceptable for women to feel like they're struggling with money, whatever in whatever way that is. They don't have enough, or they've whatever. It's it, struggle with money is very very socially acceptable, and I don't minimize 
that there are genuine struggles. That is for sure. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a mindset and a, and a way of conversation where it's, ex, it's more acceptable to talk about struggling with money than it is to talk about feeling completely comfortable with money, having enough, feeling content with money, feeling alive with money, feeling like money is really one of my really good friends. I have a good relationship with money. I love money regardless of how much I have. I love money. Just that statement, I love money, will mm-hmm. upset some people because yeah. there's all negative projections. Well, that's kind of mean or that's kind of self-centered or that's materialistic or that's mm-hmm. – you know, and, and I think that is holding women in a vice grip. And the the second part of it is I think that we need women who have a lot of money, who have an abundance of money, to be really comfortable. That's part two of it, to be really comfortable with it and to find their way of feeling at home, at ease. I enjoy money. I love money. Money is a good friend. Money empowers me to do things that I really want to do in life. And I am full of self-love enough that I am naturally in a balanced state when I think about money, when I deal with my money, when I talk about money. And what if we got more conversations going where it's socially acceptable and desirable for women to talk not just about what's uncomfortable about money, but that's important, but also what is comfortable and to aspire to being more comfortable with money. Whether women have a lot or have very little, if their aspiration was to be more comfortable with money and they got themselves there, I think the whole dynamic around money would change for women. So, Absolutely. So after that little soliloquy on my part, I have two questions now, and let me just do the first one. Oh, my gosh, we have three minutes. Okay, maybe I'll read (laughs) both. One of them is, the world is a mirror. Oh, that's you. The world is a mirror. Uh, I wrote that down. It was so important. My friends don't know how much money I have. If they knew, they would think I'm rich, and I don't want them to see me that way. Now, that speaks to feeling alienation. That speaks feeling judged and rejected and kicked out of the tribe. And let me, and then this other question just came in, and I definitely want to read that one too, and we'll see if they're linked. I haven't read this one yet. When someone is comfortable with the subject of money but considers it to be a private matter, the details of which only the people involved need to know, and marries into a family that doesn't see a need for privacy when it comes to money and money matters, what advice would Jen give to maintaining a privacy as well as positive energy within the family in that situation. We have a mm-hmm. minute a minute and a half, and okay. they're linked. They're about privacy and sharing and et cetera. So, Jen, August, go. Well, ultimately, the most important relationship that you can have with money is your relationship to yourself and your relationship to the money. Right, As if money was a friend or a kid or someone in your world that you have a specific relationship with. So for the, for the people who, the, the, the woman who doesn't want her friends to know how much money she makes, great. That's none of their business. They're friends with you because they're friends with you. Now, if, you're, if you feel bad about it or you feel weird about it, it's about shifting the relationship you have with yourself around money. And the most important question I would have everybody answer is, what do you want money to mean to you? So, you know, like my friends and I don't sit around and talk about how much money we make. We just encourage each other with whatever we want encouragement with. So it's really asking yourself, what does money mean to me, and how do I want to have a relationship with money, which is the most important question, and then what boundaries do I need to set around other people wanting to have a a knowledge of my relationship with money. As long as you're not in shame around your money and you're creating a relationship that feels good to you, that is the only thing that matters. And then the people will fall away that can't handle that, and the people that stay will. So a future conversation would be exact. We could maybe walk walk women through exactly how to do that. Oh, absolutely. And the first question I'd ask is, what do you want money to mean to you, and how do you want to have a relationship with money that feels good to you, period? Because ultimately we have to decide what's true for us, and that's the way we live in anything, money or anything. So how do you want to have a relationship with money that works for you? And then you get to set your boundaries on who gets that information and who doesn't. 
We, I'll have you back for sure. In fact, two weeks from today, we're going to continue our conversation, same time, same place. And cool. I want to thank all of our listeners. And the challenge is to consider what are energy de- drains and energy gains for you and what is your relationship with money like. This is Marsha Nelson, The New Feminine Wealth, and I want to thank Jen August, hypnotherapist extraordinaire, <laughs> and you can visit her at jenaugust.com. Talk to you next time. <laughs>